Welcome to Hollywood Profiles of Yesteryear with your host, Gabriel Russo. That's me. And every episode is a trip back to the early days of Hollywood, where we profile a pioneer of the silver screen. We are broadcasting from the lonely studio at the back of the new house. And it's still having the same name issues. The name, uh, the, the uh, RSS is Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. But it's Hollywood Profiles of Yesteryear with your host, Gabriel Russo. And this episode, we are going to learn about Cleo Ridgely right after this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. We are about to broadcast from the War Department building at Washington, D.C. The address is incidental to the Special Defense Test Day Program. This is station WCAP, Washington, WEAF, New York, WJAR, Providence, WNAC, Boston. And we're back. And this time it is Cleo Ridgely, who I had not heard about before. Oh, but before I do that, I've got another sponsor. It's a podcast called Best Pick. Best Pick is a new podcast from the UK featuring three hosts, all of whom are writers or actors of one sort or another, and all of whom are obsessed, obsessed with movies in general, and the Academy Awards in particular. So they've taken all of the films which have won Best Picture, and for each episode, They pick one out at random, discuss it, watch it, and then review it before picking out the film they're going to watch next time. Best Pick is well-researched, insightful, funny, entertaining, and a must-listen for any self-respecting film fan out there. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts from. That's Best Pick. I listened to the most recent episode of their podcast, which is on The Departed, uh, which won the Best Picture Oscar in uh, 2006, I believe. And I haven't seen that movie yet. But the podcast was super entertaining. I enjoyed it very much. And uh, I I set myself, I subscribed to it uh, this past week. And so, uh, being a sucker for new podcasts and for British people, so it was right up my alley, and I would suggest giving it, giving it, giving it a try. Pardon me. It's definitely well worth it, and you know us podcasters got to stick together. So um, give them a try. That's best pick by the Spontaneity Shop. And now on to Cleo Ridgely. But first, we're also sponsored by this week's 1920s slang term. It's Oliver Twist, and that is a term from back then for an extremely good dancer. He's a real Oliver Twist. I wish he'd ask me to cut a rug. And so, Cleo Ridgely was born Frida Cleo Hedwig in New York City, May 12, 1894, and she died August 18, 1962. She started acting in uh, movies in 1911. She was an accomplished equestrian, which is a horse rider, who in 1910 
or I saw in a couple of different places online 1912. So I guess there's some, there's either some controversy or some misprints. I think it's 1910 because she started her career in film in 1911. So it would make sense. So in 1910, she rode across country on horseback with her new husband, with her then husband. The trip took 18 months. <laughs> so uh, from, uh, from what, I guess, New Jersey to San Francisco on horseback. Uh, it was a publicity stunt that worked. It generated wide interest in her and her career and her uh, skills. And in 1911, she started acting for the Lubin Manufacturing Company. She also worked for, early on in her career, she also worked for the Rex Motion Picture Company and the Calum Motion Picture Company. Now, working for all three of these, I read in one place, I, apparently was uh, sort of akin to like winning the Triple Crown or, uh, you know, winning the Grand Slam in tennis or something. You work for all of these. That's kind of says something about you. So the Lubin, Lubin was uh, around until 1916. The Rex Picture Company was around until 1917, as was Calum. So when she's with the Calum Company, she meets and marries James W. Horn, her second husband, while she's there. Now, he was famous for, he directed Laurel and Hardy comedies for many years in Hollywood. And so, in 1915, she starts working for, like I said, she got her break, you know, doing the, uh, from equestrian. The riding was kind of her thing, so she would ride in all of her pictures. Uh, so, in, in 1915, she starts working for Lasky, the feature player's company, and she is teamed with Wallace Reed, who we did a previous episode on. He was a big, big star back then. In 1916, she works for director Cecil B. DeMille. So she's right up there with the biggies. Oh, just a little thing before I forget. The picture that I put up to accompany uh, this episode. I don't know. Tell me if you think I'm seeing things. But she kind of, I always kind of try and look to see who the people remind me of modern day. And she reminds me a little bit of um, Jimmy Fallon. I don't know why. If it's the smile in the picture or something like that. She could be his sister or something. So, anyway, just a little aside. So check out the photo and see if you think, see if you agree. So also in 1915, she becomes the Queen of the Auburn exhibit in Los Angeles at the Automobile Show, the, the Los Angeles Automobile Show. And in 1916, she's featured in publicity photos with the Auburn Six which is uh, Auburn was a, a car manufacturer of the around the turn of the century and the Auburn 6 apparently was a famous car of the day and all the big wigs would ride around in Auburns you know and so so in one of her uh, Lasky films she puts her equestrian talents to use for real as there was a runaway stagecoach in one of the scenes and she leaps into the driver's seat apparently and uh single-handedly stops the runaway stagecoach no one was injured no horses were injured but she definitely risked her life in doing so and so uh, that kind of shows you know she wasn't a shrinking violet you know she rode across country on horseback and she knew what she was doing that's for sure 
So in the 20s, in the 1920s, she stars in a series of girl detective movies with a woman named Ruth Rowland. Now, Ruth Rowland was the youngest student ever at Hollywood High at 12 years old. Uh, there was some discrepancy as to whether this was in 1904 or 1905. But regardless, she was, uh, what, regardless of the year, she was uh, the youngest student ever at Hollywood High. And she was Hollywood High's first ever homegrown movie star. This is Ruth Rowland. And that means that she was born and raised in Hollywood, went to Hollywood High, and was their first alum to become a celebrity, which is interesting. So good for her. So in the 1920s, um, like I said, she retires. This is, uh, we're back to uh, Cleo Ridgely now. She retires temporarily to care for newborn twins. But she comes back uh, for the aforementioned series of detective movies in 22. So then when they are over, she retires again. Apparently she was torn between being a star or being a mother. And so, so she retires again until the 1930s when she comes back and does several bit parts. Uh, her last movie is in 1951 and it's called Hollywood Story. She dies in 1962 at home at the age of 68 and was buried in Forest Lawn Memorial Park. She was in over 40 pictures. Uh, she's not the biggest of stars that we've ever done, but I thought the riding across country was pretty cool. So in 2016, Cleo Ridgely was honored by the city of Glendale, where she lived for many, many years, with a letter of commendation. But she has no star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but she has a letter of commendation from the city of Glendale, which is very strange. I looked online just to see, but I wasn't really, I mean, a letter of commendation is just kind of what it sounds like. It's like, hey, you did a great job in the movies, but you would think they could give her a star. But I guess apparently that the getting a star is kind of a real money grab. So, so yeah, so she's got a star, but no, I mean, a letter rather, but no star. And sadly, that's going to do it for the Cleo Ridgely episode here. Thank you for listening. Like I always say, I mean, I'm just blown away that people ask for more episodes and that, you know, whatnot, and that you're interested in listening. The new studio is coming together. I moved house. We've been moving for over a month because we had to you know, move my grandparents out of this house and into their new place and then move us out of our old place into their old place which is our new place now and then go and clean up the old place and blah 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 my goodness um it's just a huge cluster everything is a total wreck but we're getting there and more regular shows hopefully will be forthcoming i've got a room that's basically just going to be my studio which is nice so you know i'm hoping to get more regular as i say every episode but you know so we're we're, we're moving or we moved and we're getting settled. Oh, I wrote an ebook and it is for sale on Amazon. It's called Memoirs of a Minecraft Dad. It's by Gabe Russo or Gabriel Russo. So please pick it up. It's short at around 85 pages or so, but it's also cheap. So that's cool. It's about um, when Minecraft, the game, basically took over our house for us some of years for a number of years um, my daughter playing minecraft religiously and 
into it in all aspects of the game. And so, uh, please check it out if you would. There's an audiobook version coming soon. So yeah, if you would check that out, I think it's two ninety nine. And uh, if you can't buy, you know, if you don't want to buy it, at least share it. That would be fantastic if you could do that. I appreciate it. Um, as always, I get my information from Wikipedia, from IMDb. This week I used SilentEra.com, which was very informative and very helpful. Again, thank you for listening. I have been your host, Gabriel Russo, and I invite you to come back next time. Thank you. Bye.